GM, GM, GM. I'm Claudia. And I'm Vanessa. And we're Web3 for Basic Bitches. Your ultimate guide to all things Web3. We're going to be talking about blockchain, NFTs, DAOs, DeFi. We can't cover DeFi until we cover a little bit of TradFi. Why were we excited about this project, Web3 for Basic Bitches? Why I was really excited to start this project was because I wanted a place where I could reference a lot of my friends that are interested in Web3, but they just don't really know where to start. And I really enjoy explaining these things. So I figured it would be kind of cool to catalog everything and I could just have a place where I can just send videos to my friends if they're interested in learning about specific topics while at the same time learning about these topics in a much like more like defined way. What about you, Claudia? What, what got you stoked about wanting to start Web3 for basic bitches? What got me excited was I come from a non-technical background. I was a nurse for six years and just left recently, maybe three months ago. Um, I was crypto-pilled and when I was looking for information when I first started learning about Web3, I felt like a lot of the beginner videos and content out there were more intermediate. I didn't feel like it actually gave a good foundation. I'm really excited to bring on some more of my non-technical basic bitches into the space. What's a basic bitch? What, who's a basic bee? So a basic bitch is really just anyone who does anything because it's cool. I got a nose ring when I turned 27 because I wanted to prove to myself that I was so cool and I could do really cool things like get a nose piercing. Claudia, what about you? What, what's your basic thing? Uh, my basic thing is that I'm wearing a crew neck sweatshirt for the Phoenix Suns and I don't know anything about basketball. Please, if you're a basic bitch, you're a basic bitch. And yeah, like, I'm basic as fuck. I'm basic like, as fuck. Oh my yeah, dude. I know. We drank eggnog liqueur earlier. White claws. White claws. Our episode is going to be pretty dense, so make sure you take your time with the content. I know that tends to help me because a lot of information too fast is just makes me lightheaded. Vanessa, do you want to go over our objectives? Hell yeah, I'll go over objectives. We're gonna learn about what the fuck is fiat, monetary policy, fractional reserve blending, the basics of cryptocurrency, what it is, and why we're so excited about it. Let's get into it. What the fuck is fiat? So, Claudia, what the fuck is fiat? It's a car. It is a car, but it's not just a car. No, it's not just a car. This is for you, Erin. We're gonna explain to you what fiat really is also. What's gonna happen is Claudia and I are gonna have a very pre-rehearsed conversation. <laughs> if you see this really awkward, like keep watching our videos every week and yeah, see just... how much we improve. So fiat, fiat is... <laughs> yeah, so tell me, what is fiat currency? Fiat currency is not backed by a physical commodity. A physical commodity. Please explain to me what a physical commodity is. A physical commodity or, well, commodity is a public good, something that can be traded like gold, silver, oil, wheat. Spices. Mm -hmm. So... And physical... I mean, something that's tangible that you can put in your hands and actually touch. touch. 
Okay, so fiat currency is not backed by these things that you just mentioned. So how does fiat currency have value? Fiat is backed by the trust of the issuing government. It's wild because from where I'm sitting, it doesn't seem like a lot of people trust the government. <laughs> <laughs> what we're looking at is a chart representing the trust in government in the United States. You can see that it's declined over the past 60 years with periodic spikes due to a combination of factors, including political polarization, economic challenges, and perceptions of corruption and lack of transparency. Can fiat currency fail? Yes, if the government fails, then the currency fiat fails. That's pretty intense. Claudia, are you familiar with the principles of the changing world order? No, please enlighten me. As shown on the chart, the United States rose to become a dominant global power relatively quickly as indicated by the blue line. However, in recent years, we can see that the U.S. has been in decline while China has been rapidly ascending in terms of global influence, as indicated by the increasing trend of the red line. That's insane! So you're telling me that if governments fail, that the currency can fail? Yes. Like, hypothetical, do you think it's possible to actually think that the U.S. could, like, fail? Like, I have just... hypothetical, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the nation state is probably not going to make it. Eventually. Eventually. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. It's possible. Very possible. So, it's just something to think about. And I know that's kind of scary because we've grown up in a world where... We've lived in a country where it's been the number one. The idea that we're not gonna be number one for probably in our lifetime again is kind of freaky. So that's why we have to understand the way these new technologies are working. We need to be able to understand decentralized networks much better. Web3 is built on decentralization. Tell me, Claudia, have we always had fiat currency? What's the deal? I remember we used to be able to trade dollars for gold. You remember that? <laughs> in 1971, that's when it was changed. We used to have a gold standard, which meant that the dollar was uh, backed by gold. So you could hold a piece of paper saying that you had X amount of gold. In 1971, Richard Nixon said, screw that. Let's just split it up. The dollar is going to be valued with the trust that the people have in us and gold is just on its own. From there, that's where our modern monetary policy came into action, and then we just started printing a lot of currency. Damn, all right. So that leads us into our second objective, monetary policy. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about monetary policy. Monetary policy manages the supply and demand of money in the economy. But does monetary policy actually create currency? Remember back in 2020 when you could refinance your house and get it under 3% interest rate? Everybody was out borrowing money. And when you're borrowing money, you're essentially creating currency because now you're, you're buying things with this currency. So now, like now on the other hand, interest rates are super high. So now you're not seeing so many people going out and buying houses anymore. You're seeing the house, the price of houses kind of stabilize a bit now. That was all thanks to monetary policy of what the Federal Reserve was doing. I feel like we've covered monetary policy, 
we've got a good idea of what it is. It's essentially just the policy that controls the money supply by changing the interest rate in the economy. Is there another way that currency is made? Yes, through fractional reserve lending. Fractional reserve lending refers to what the banks are allowed to do with your deposit. They only need to keep a fraction of, of money in reserves, and this is called vault cash. But then they can lend out the other 90%. And those people then use that money to then buy other things that they then deposit into the bank. And then the bank does the same thing with their money. And it's this cycle that just goes over and over and over again. And so this is why currency just kind of keeps getting created and kind of why fiat currency in a sense has like it's doomed to either not exist or just kind of continue believing the lie. So fractional reserve lending just is just another way of creating more and more currency. I wish we had an alternative solution. Cryptocurrency. All right, we've made it to the last section. Congratulations, you yeah. made it to the last section. Nice job. We've made it to the last section. We've made it to the last section. This is our first time actually making it to the last section. Yeah, bravo to us. Yeah, we did the first section maybe like 37 times. Yeah, let's get to it. What is <laughs> cryptocurrency? All right, so cryptocurrency is digital currency that uses cryptography to make financial transactions. What is cryptography? Cryptography is a secure way to transfer messages that you can use code, you can use ciphers, and its main purpose is that the person who is able to view this message should only be the authorized person. Cool. So it makes me think cryptography is a secret code where it helps you keep your information safe and private. One of the more well-known cryptocurrencies out there is Bitcoin. Can you talk to me a little bit about Bitcoin? Bitcoin was essentially the solution or an alternative to the current system that we have today. There's a finite number of coins, right? Like unlike the currency that we use in the US, fiat currency, the US dollar, where it continues to get printed and it continue gets devalued over time. The value of a Bitcoin can only increase because of the fact that there's a finite number of them. Where does it get its value from? Right, it gets its value from the trust in the network. So just like with fiat currency, the value from the currency of fiat is based off of the trust you have on, of the issuer, which is the government. In Bitcoin, you trust the network, you trust the protocol. And what's so fascinating about this is that nobody owns the protocol. So it's not this like centralized institutions control the currency. You can't have that with Bitcoin. You can't have that on blockchain. By the way, none of this is financial advice. We're just talking about the most basic things. Uh, and this is educational purposes. Mm. Let's recap cryptocurrency. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that cryptocurrency is decentralized that there are many different types bitcoin being the well-known one but there's other cryptocurrencies are like eth matic stable coins now that we've gone over some of the policies fractional reserve lending and cryptocurrency what makes knowing this so important so i think it's really important to learn the financial systems 
because the bigger nest egg that you have, the more of an opportunity you have to experiment and try different things in your life. Work the system and understand the system so you're able to, you know, really leverage it and put yourself up in a position where you can really do well, you know, live the kind of life that you want to live. And so the current system is pretty flawed. The current system is pretty limited to only the, the certain few people being able to get in on the action. Imagine being able to be born in like 1980 or like 1960 and be like able to buy. knowing what you know. Yeah, you know, buying property in all these places where. Yeah, being just, like this place is going to be really yeah. cool <laughs> in X amount of years. Exactly. It's just like a dirt lot in the meantime. In, in a sense, they were just lucky for being born at that time, being in the right place and knowing the right people. And now I feel like we have that opportunity with Web3 and then understanding cryptocurrencies and their different use cases for them because a lot more people can help play a part in this no matter where you are around the world. Congratulations on reaching the end. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to our episode. What the fuck is Fiat? Web3 for basic bitches. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you learned something. And uh, let us know if there are any topics you want us to cover or if you have any follow-up questions on today's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe. We'll be releasing out weekly content. (laughs) (laughs) Fiat currency is based off of Trust. <laughs> um, and then you're gonna ask me, and then I'm gonna say. <laughs>